have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. And as we've been preparing for this supernatural increase, preparing ourselves for this, the Lord has been ministering to me all throughout the scriptures, just like he, like Dr. Svell communicated to us about Abraham. He ministered out of Isaac, talking about Isaac in Genesis 26, how he sowed in a time of famine and how, how God was with him. And that's what I've been focusing on, understanding in this supernatural increase that God is opening a new door. I'm not, I'm not opening doors for myself. I'm not doing it something that God's doing, right? And that, that supernatural increase that we see throughout the scripture was not involved in what man or men of God could do within themselves, but in everything to do what God could do in them and what God could do with them. You see, when you're with God, you are a majority. You see, when you're with God, you have, you have, you are without limitations. You see, with man, there's impossibilities, but with God, all things are possible. You know, so I, I, you know, I've done, I've, I've been serving God now for, for 27 years. And there's a part of my serving God that I've tried to do things without him. You know what? And, and, you know, and I saw how that worked out. But when I've done things with God, it caused me to do things that I couldn't do in my own ability or my own, own strength. And I want to pull some things out here. And we, we've, we've dealt with some things in this, or I've dealt with some things in this in Matthew 13, because it's really going to prepare our hearts for as we step into this new year. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it's given unto you... To know the mysteries of the kingdom. So one thing I want you to, us to see here. That it's not. Mysteries of the kingdom aren't unknown to everyone. Some people have an idea that. Well you never know what God's going to do. You know his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we understand that yes he's God. But the thing is. is it's, then it says in Isaiah. It says we'll let an unrighteous man forsake his way. See, unrighteous man forsake his way. So what? So we can know his ways. So when I forsake my ways, it opens me up to know his ways. So he goes, given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. He's talking to the disciples is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So that lets me know there's things that are available for me. If I'm a disciple, the mysteries of the kingdom, how his kingdom operates. If we knew how his kingdom operates, do you think we could operate in supernatural increase? And so this is what I've been dealing with in, with our time together the last, last month or so. He said, because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Verse 12 says, for whoever has, has what? We could either say ears to hear or we could say mysteries of the kingdom. Whoever has the mysteries of the kingdom to him will be given. So if I have the mysteries of the, ki- the, the kingdom, then I'm going to be given something, right? It's a gift. If something's given. It's a gift. If I have, whoever has the mysteries of the kingdom, it would be given him and he shall have more abundance. So if I have the mysteries of the kingdom, it says I'm going to have more abundance. Hallelujah. So if I have the mystery of the kingdom, then I should have the, I should have abundance. (laughs) Are you awake this morning? So if I know what he wants me to know, then I'm going to operate in more abundance. But whoever has not, has not what? The mysteries of the kingdom from what he has will be taken away from him. So if I don't have the mysteries of the kingdom, then what I have is going to just fall through my fingers. Therefore, speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Say, they don't understand. understand. Then it talks about a prophecy. In Isaiah, it says, in whom is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which was saying, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time, lest at any time they should see with their, their eyes, 
hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted and I should heal them. Now, just stay with me, okay? Because I am going somewhere this morning. Some of this is review on things I've dealt with. It said, for this people's heart is waxed gross. The word waxed gross is where we would get our word callous. You ever work with your hands over a long period of time and you develop calluses? What are, what are calluses? Calluses are, are uh, hardness to the skin that's developed because of friction. So here it says their hearts wax gross, meaning because of friction, because of things they faced, because things they've gone through, the things they've dealt with, the things that they've come up against, the things that have rubbed them wrong, the things that have come against their lives has caused their hearts to become calloused. And because their hearts are calloused, they aren't able to see They aren't able to hear and they aren't able to understand. And it said their eyes are closed, meaning and really to come down because of their traditions, they refuse to see what they need to see. But then it says it says if they it says less they 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 if they could hear and they could see and they could understand, they would be converted and I would heal them. Meaning if they could make an adjustment, if they could make a change, then 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 I could do something in their lives. Just stay with them. I'm just just building a foundation here. But verse 16, he says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Then verse 18, it says, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When one heareth the word of the kingdom or the mysteries of the kingdom and he doesn't understand it, then cometh the wicked one and he catches away which was sown in the heart. This is which was received seed by the wayside. But he that received the word or you could say the mysteries of the kingdom into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and with joy receives it, yet has no root in himself. But endureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arise, for the arise because of the word, by and by he's offended. Verse twenty-two: He also that receives the seed or the word or the mysteries of the kingdom among the thorns. Among the thorns, it's interesting that the seed was sown among the thorns. The thorns were there already. So the seed was sown there. You know, there, there could be some here me this morning that your heart has thorns all around it. And I'm sowing seed to you this morning. You may have a heart this morning that the word is going forth and seed is going forth. And yet your heart is, is here and, and it has it. There's not much depth of soil in your heart. And, and it says because the enemy will come immediately and steal that word. And there could be some here that might be offended and the word is going forth. And so the mysteries of the kingdom are coming forth all the time. God's why? Because why are the mysteries of the kingdom coming? Because he wants you to have more abundance. That's what his desire is, but it's the position of our heart. What position is your heart in as we step into this next year? What position is your heart in? Is your heart calloused? Is your, are your eyes closed? Are your ears closed? Or is your heart full of cares? Because that's what this next scripture says. For he who has received seed among the thorns... He is that receives the word and the cares of this world, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. What are deceitfulness of riches? They're deceitful things are something that has misled you. There's things that have caused you to think wrong. And because you think wrong, you act wrong. And it says what those things choke the word. And what's the word meant to do? It's the mysteries of the kingdom so you can operate in more abundance. And it says in what? And it becomes unfruitful. The word becomes, the seed becomes unfruitful. But verse 23, but he that receives the seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it. Which also bears fruit. Means so it's the heart that hears it, mean their ears are open to hear it, and they understand it, that they bring forth 30, 60, and a hundredfold increase. God wants you to increase in your life. 
But what we have to ask ourselves as we step into this next year, what's in our hearts? What's in our hearts? What is good ground? If we really look at these other three grounds and we look at good ground, what is good ground? Good ground is ground where the hindrances that would destroy the seed are removed. It's like Eric was saying, we remove the hindrances. Why do we need to get hindrances out of the way? Why do we need to get the cares of this world out of the way? Why? Because God wants you to operate in more abundance. Go to Psalms chapter 119. Psalms 119. It was a few weeks ago I dealt extensively on that, the soil and about having ears to hear and eyes to see. But thinking about that, the word understand it. And thinking about these different types of soil. Psalms 119 verse 130 says this. The entrance of thy words give light. The entrance of thy word. Now... Now, we were talking in Matthew 13, what about the word, right? We were talking about the mysteries of the kingdom. And mysteries of the kingdom do what? They bring what? More what? What do the mysteries of the kingdom do? They bring what? They bring what? More abundance. Let's say that with some uh, some authority and some faith. What do mysteries of the kingdom do? They bring what? It's okay to say abundance in church. All right. It's God's heart for you. So don't let religion talk you out of what God desires you you to operate in. When we say abundance and we say increase, we're not strictly talking about money. But when we talk abundance, we're talking about abundance of health, abundance of peace, abundance of joy, abundance of love, abundance of, of strength, abundance of grace, abundance of mercy, abundance. So here it says, the entrance of the word brings light. So when the word comes in, it brings something with it. It brings light. It brings illumination. It brings the glory of God. It causes you to see things where there's darkness. It causes you to, the word, when the word is, was spoken into my life long ago, it illuminated darkness in my heart to cause me to step into something that would bring change to me. For, for time and time again, I heard my parents would preach to me. I'd hear things. I would, I would see things and all, but, but the things weren't coming through. Why? Because my heart was callous. My heart waxed gross. But yet when I allowed the word to continue to come into my heart and I opened my mind, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see something different. 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 I'm hearing something different. I'm seeing something different. And now that I'm hearing and seeing, now I'm understanding something. And because I understand something, now God can now bring about change in my life. The entrance of the word brings light. Hallelujah. 2020, God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. The entrance of the word brings something should should if you've been operating in poverty, operating in lack, operating in in brokenness, uh, operating in failure after failure. That word should come in and illuminate some things and say, wait a minute, I don't need to live this way. I don't need to live from defeat to defeat. I don't need to stay broken. I don't need to stay offended. I don't need to stay in my unforgiveness. I don't need to stay here. See, but see, you have to receive the word. And you're either going to allow the enemy to steal that word or or, or the persecution is going to come. You get offended or what? The cares of the light, cares of this world, the thorns are going to choke that word. So it says, the entrance of thy word brings light. And it says this, it giveth understanding. It gives what? Now remember, in the good ground, they heard it and they understood it. 
and they brought forth what? 30, 60 and a hundred fold. Now think about that. So the entrance of the word gives light. But the question is, are you going to allow that light to do something? It says it giveth understanding. The word gives light, but the light gives understanding, but it gives understanding to who? To the simple. It gives understanding to the simple. It giveth understanding unto the simple. I don't know direction that this will go in, in the weeks to come, but there's a word that's been going off in my heart really since September, since Annette and I went to South Africa. And it's the word simplify. You see, ground that is thorny ground is a ground that's hard, it's difficult. It's challenging. Thorns. See, what are the cares of this life? What are the distractions of the age? What, the deceitfulness of riches. All those things bring, are the opposite of simple. I believe if we're going to see supernatural increase in our lives, Vic, I believe we need to simplify some things. We need to simplify some things. What is a heart that's all wrought up with cares? It's a heart. It's a heart that's not simplified. You see, good ground is just simple. You hear it and you understand it. 30, 60, and 100 fold. Not hard to do. It's not that. That's not difficult. That's not challenging. That's not toiling. That's not hard work. It's just, I hear it, I understand it, and I bring forth 30, 60, 100 and fold. You know, for, for Justin, Justin has complicated his life. Am I the only one that's complicated their life? And what I'm going to be dealing with, I don't know how the Holy Spirit is going to direct this, but, but I'm going to be talking about simplified in this first part of it, this whole simplified aspect is who are you with? As Nikki would say, who you with? Who you with? Who you with Vic? Who you running with? Simplified. See all the other soils. If you really look at it, it's either hard, it's difficult, it's challenging, it's thorny. And, and the thing is, is our lives become unsimplified. I wrote a couple of definition downs for simplified. Simplify means to reduce to the basic or primary essentials. To reduce to the basic or primary essentials. Another word for simplify is to bring to a place of precision. By removing things that are obscure. Bringing to a place of precision. By removing things that are obscure. What's something that's obscure? You can't clearly see it or darkness. Meaning I'm getting all the darkness out of the way. I'm getting, I'm getting the things I can't clearly see out of the way. Why? So I can have precision. I don't know about you, but, but you know, if I look at my day-to-day life... Simplified sounds great. We've made our lives so difficult. We've made church difficult. We've made family difficult. We've made our children difficult. We've made day-to-day difficult. We've made our finances difficult. We've made everything we do difficult. But yet God says, God says the entrance of the word brings light and understanding to the simple. Now, there's a couple definitions for simple in in the word. And and really, most of the definitions for simple really means foolish. (laughs) It means silly. But yet there's some aspect and there's a reality to the word simple, that just means, means peaceful. It means exact. It means precise to be simplified. Thank you, father. 
Let's get back to the essentials. Let's get back to the basic elements. So God, so we can see 30, 60, and 100 fold in our lives. I'm tired of my heart being a place that the enemy uses to keep my heart from being good ground. And I'm not, now think about it. Sin makes your life complicated. If anything, if you say, oh, well, you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments, they're, they're passed away. No, they just change directions, change places. It's on our heart, okay? Yes. Now, if you, if, you, if you look at the Ten Commandments as just some sort of law you got to keep, then, then it just becomes a law you got to keep. But when I look at the Ten, I see simplified. Have no other gods before you. That's simple. Don't commit adultery. That's simple. I'm telling you, adultery will make your life complicated. Thou shalt not lie. Lying makes your life complicated because then you have to remember your lies. Then you have to remember who you told what to. And it makes it complicated. Pornography will make your life complicated. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I get to be a pastor. <laughs> Being pastoral this morning. Because this has everything to do with 30, 60, and 100 fold. See, you, we can get here and be excited and have a celebration service and, and sow our point of contact seed on January 19th. But if we don't, we don't bring other adjustments into our lives. Nothing will ever change. Simplified. Now, not everything that com- complicates your life is a sin. We'll get to that in a moment. But, but think about the, you know, just doing the word is simple. <laughs> we, we some, I, I think the body of Christ or the world tries to make God complicated. It's simple. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, that men will give it. That's simple. But yet, religion or people, or just people have concepts, and they'll say, well, is tithing for today or not for today? I don't know. And next thing you know, you're confused. Should I tithe? Do I tithe on the gross of the net? Do I do this or do I do that? It's not that complicated. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse and I will open you a window and I'll pour you out your blessings. There's not room enough to contain. I'm telling you, it's just simple. Why do we complicate it? Flee fornication. It's pretty simple. Run from it as if in terror. That's simple. <laughs> I mean, it, it, God made everything simple. He, you know, when he created man, he, he just gave man two things, not 20 things. He says, I give you dominion and I give you seed. He tells him to do two things. He, he says, take authority, be fruitful and multiply. It's simple. God didn't make this complicated. He put, he put Adam and Eve in the garden and he placed them in the garden. He set them there and he tells them, hey, you can have anything you want. Be fruitful. Keep it and dress it. That was the only answer. Keep it and dress it. Keep it and dress it. Just don't eat this one tree. That's it. Simple. Simple. And yet... We try to make all these rules on how to get to God. Religion's done that. We, 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 we try to, we, we, we try. Also, now you have people set up the parameters on how God's going to show up. I, I hear, I hear people. Well, 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 I don't just see it that way. 
well, I don't care the way you see it. I, what does the word say? Well, this is just my opinion. Well, make sure your opinion matches with this because this is simple. Jesus even said, Hey, what's the greatest commandments? He said, well, all the law and the prophets hang on these two things, two things. He took 10, which the, which the, which got, which man made it 690. And God said, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's simple. Say simple. simple. And then Jesus, he, <laughs> it's just simple. It's simple. But we made our heart filled with so many things. We look at technology and we look at, man, hasn't it just made our life so simple? No. You know, I wish we didn't have cell phones sometimes. Yes, there's convenience. Yes, there's times and cell cell phones come in. But I'm telling you, it, it can pull you away from the things that are simple. You know, so much that you're texting back and forth with, with your spouse. And, and if the spouse hasn't answered you in 30 seconds, you're like, what's wrong? Are they not reading their text? What's happening? What's going on? What's going on? Do they not, do they not care about me? Do they not see? They just don't care. They just don't care about me. They don't care. You know what? You have just have soil. That's got a lot of thorns in it. You get on Facebook and you make a post and you have 20 likes and you have one unlike and someone just told you they didn't agree with your revelation. And the next thing you know, you couldn't sleep all night because of that one revelation that they said. And you want to stand up. How should I respond to that? I'm going to tell them one thing. This is what God's word says. You have thorns in your life. I just need to, I just need to preach. No, you don't. What you're doing, is it simplifying your life or is it making your life more difficult? Yes, yes. Good. good ground is ground where the hindrances have been removed. And good ground brings forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. I, I, want, I, want a, I want 100 fold to come through Justin's life. hundredfold to come through my life. Let's go to Psalms 46. Simplified. Hallelujah. This simplified has everything to do in getting our lives to a place of being simplified down to the basic essentials is I believe is going to usher in the greatest move of God that we've ever seen as a church and as a nation. I'm declaring that today. I'm prophesying that today over this house that, that as we simplify our lives, we will as a church and you in your personal life will see the greatest revival you and we have ever seen. I believe is going to usher in the greatest move of God that will usher in King Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. And there was one, one instruction. Just look up. But yet we're so busy. So busy. Psalms 46. Man, I wish I had time to read this whole. Oh, thank you, Father. Verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. See, it's just simple. Who are you with? The basic essentials. Let's get back to the basic essentials. It's the essential is him. It's all about him. 
It's, it's coming to the house of God. Just, I get to meet with him. It's waking up in the morning. I get to talk to him, you know, driving your car. I get to worship him. I get to hear from him. I'm expecting great things on January 19, not just because, you know, hearing from Dr. Savell, but I get to hear what God has placed on his heart for me. The Lord is with us. Um, Verse eight says, come behold the works of the Lord. Behold the works of the Lord, the wonders of the Lord. What desolation he hath made in the earth. Verse nine. I love this. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he cuts the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariots of fire. Be still. I love this. He says, he maketh wars to cease. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear asunder. He burneth the chariots of fire. This whole chapter is about resting in the presence of God when you're in calamity. This whole Psalm is about what do you do when things, when you're when you're experiencing friction, what is friction? It creates calluses. And so either, either that friction can make you hard from, from, from seeing God or, or that, fr- that friction, friction can cause you to run to God. And here it says, I love that. He says, he makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he cuts the spear. I just see this whole thing where, where here God is, you're facing a calamity and enemies are coming against you. I just see God doing this. Bam. I, 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 I just see him. I just see him taking the addictions that you face and going, bam. I see him, the, the, the sickness that has tried to control you. And I just see him going, bam. I, it says he breaks it asunder. The enemies, the things, the weapons that have, have come against you. I just see, bam, he breaks those things. And it says he burns the chariot, the, the enemy that has been chasing you down. See, he's talking about, he's ta- referring to how, how when the chariots chased them, when they were at the Red Sea, they had the enemy behind them and the re- Red Sea in front of them. And it said he burned the chariots of fire, meaning God is going to break. He is going to burn up the enemy that has tried to destroy you. But the answer is simple. What was the answer? Be still. be still makes me think of Exodus 14, 14. He said in that in that account there at the, at the Red Sea, he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord for the enemy that you've seen before. You will see him no longer. I declare if we simplify our lives and we understand that we are with God and God is with us and we will just be still, it will cause him to eradicate the enemy off of our family, the enemy off of our finances, enemy off of our business, off of our body. Hallelujah. But (laughs) thank you, Jesus. Be still. The word be still is to, to experience stillness and it means silence. In our day and age, we have a difficult time with silence. Silence. Church people, modern day church have a hard time with silence. You know, there's, there's churches that, that don't, don't have any, any, any dead time. Make, make sure there's no dead time. Make, make, we got to make sure things keep flowing. We got to make sure things, you know, cause we got to keep them up. We got to keep them engaged. We got to keep, you know, we got to keep things going. But, but yet there is power and stillness. Yeah. 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 He said, be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still. It's simple. Be still and know that I'm God. The word know here means 
to ascertain by seeing. What does the word ascertain mean? It means to be made sure of. It means to to have found out or to discovered. Be still and know. Be still and know. Be still and to be made sure of by seeing. Your job, our job, is simple. Be still. And know. Thank you, Father. Be still. Simple. And know. He says this, he says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. It's simple. Who are you with? We are with so many things. If it tends to be to be with so many people, our lives involved with so many things, we allow so many things to consume our lives. But yet, there's one: be still and know that I'm God. Who are you with? As we step into 2020, I want to be with Him. Yes, Amen. I want to be still. In the message, the scripture says, attention all, see the marvels of God. (laughs) Attention all, see the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth. He bans wars from pole to pole. He breaks all the weapons across his knee. And get that, he says, step out of the traffic. Step out of the traffic. That's a word for some. Step out of the traffic. <laughs> Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. Get this above politics. In in twenty twenty, being election year, your our, our role is to pray. I don't need, need to hear your opinion or your soapbox. I, I go with the word. You want to know how your pastor votes? I vote with the word. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I need to go far. I need to go with that. <laughs> above politics, above everything, yeah. above everything. Yeah. Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angel armies, protect us. The Passion Translation says, Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I'm God. I am the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands, the commander. The mighty Lord of angels' armies is on your side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Thank you, Father. Simplified. Simplified. Bring your life back to the basics, the basic elements. Be still and know that I'm God. Go to Luke chapter 10, and I'll close with this. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The entrance of thy word of light, it gives understanding to the simple. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 38 says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, 
which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Heard his word. The entrance of the word gives light and understanding to the simple. See, for Mary, she made it simple. She sat at the feet of Jesus and heard the word. Martha's the one that invited him. Martha is the one that gave the invitation. Come to my house. And I, I, in my life, I could, I could say, say that I, I, there's times I invited Jesus to, to get involved with my trouble or get involved with what I'm facing and what I'm going through. But have I taken the time to be Mary and sit at his feet to receive what I need to receive? Verse 40 says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. She was cumbered by much serving. See, you can do a good thing, but not in a right heart. She wasn't doing a bad thing. This wasn't sin. This wasn't, this wasn't just, you know, um, th- this, was, this was really a great thing. In one sense, you, you invited Jesus into your house. But yet, are you too busy to hear what he has to say? See, she did the right thing, but yet her heart was a thorny heart. And she had the cares, the distractions. That's what the word cumbered about means. It means to be overwhelmed mentally and with distractions. Even you come to, you may come to church on a Sunday morning and you're sitting here, hear me, but you were cumbered by so many things. And because you're cumbered by things mentally, you are really distracted. And because you're distracted, you're not hearing the mysteries of the kingdom that have the ability to bring you supernatural increase. The same thing, you're cumbered by much serving. You're cumbered by all the things that have to be done. You're cumbered by making sure she does it just right for Jesus. Doing it just right for Jesus. We have to do it just right for Jesus. And how come that woman, she's not helping me, Jesus. Do something about this. But what has Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled By many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. Which shall not be taken away from her. But one thing. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say 20 things are needed. It's simple. He says one thing is needful. And she chose that good part. We choose every day you have choices. Every day you have responsibilities. Every day you have tasks. Every day people are going to be coming at you. As a pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, as a pastor, constantly, constantly, be, Annette and I, phone calls, Facebook messenger. I, I had to get off of Facebook. The Lord said, just get off of Facebook. Because I was so inundated with so many things. That it was making my life complicated. And all of a sudden, things that, see, things that, see, there's things that could be, all of a sudden we make them a should be. Well, I could do that, and the next thing we know, it's like, well, I've got to do that. Who said? You know, as a pastor, we have people coming to us all the time, well, you, we, we could do, we should do this as a church. We should do this as a church. We should, we should have this program. We should have that out. We should do this and we should do that. Well, that church is doing that and that church is, we should do all these things. And next thing you know, as a pastor, you're not careful. Then also maybe we should, maybe we should. And next thing you know, you start doing all these things and all these things. 
We'd have people would come to us and say, we need to do this and we need to do that. And all of a sudden we would do that and they would never show up. It's like, where's they? They are the ones that told us we need to do this. But yet they never come. And I'm just, I'm talking about myself right now. There's so many directions I could take take with this, but there's something I want to deposit as it pertains to us as a church, because one, I want you to receive that as we step into 2020, there's one thing needed. Just close your eyes for a moment and I'm going to share something else with you. Just repeat this after me. Father God, I thank you for your mercy in my life. I repent if I've made my life difficulty, busy. I repent of creating and allowing so many distractions. But Father, all of our hearts is to choose that one thing that's needful. And that's to be still. And to know you. Thank you, Father. Do you receive that? Now, just for the sake of time, you know, as a church, we can busy with so many things. And things the Lord told us when we were in South Africa was, I guess, I want you to simplify some things. And when you simplify things, what was it? It's getting precision by removing things that are obscure, meaning the things that you don't know that you're supposed to do. There's a lot of things we do, but did God really tell us to do those things? And he goes, getting things down to the basic elements of what we are called to do in our personal lives, but also as a church. And one of the things he told us last year was he talked to us a lot about corporate prayer. I mean, some of you here at that time, and, and if you weren't here in October when we had uh, John and Sharon Dixon come and minister on corporate prayer, because he said, he said, if we're going to go where God wants us to go as a church, he goes, you need to come up in corporate prayer. That, that's, a, that's a word from God to your pastors. So that, that all of a sudden is now just, it's not an obscure thing. It's a, it's a priority. He said, we need to come up in corporate prayer. If we want to go where we're called to go as a church in this community and reaching the city, you have to come up. This isn't just a good idea. This is something that we have to do. And so we, we had them come. And like I said, if you haven't listened, go on YouTube to our YouTube channel. Go listen to those. It's the end of October, beginning of November. Great teachings about corporate prayer. But what we had to ask ourselves, if, because sometimes if, if something becomes a priority, What's going to stop being a priority? You know, see, we, we, we create all these priorities. And as pastor, in, in, in even our personal lives, it's like, it's like, okay, you have this priority, 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 this priority. And it's like, wait a minute, you only have so much time in a day. And as a church, there's so many things, only so many things we can do, but what is going to be a priority? So that means if something becomes a priority, then there's some things that need to take a back seat. And that's in your own personal, there's some things in your personal life that need to take a back seat. And it's not necessarily they're bad things. It could be good things, just like Martha. But is it the priority? And so we had to seek the Lord and get direction as we step into this next year. On what we're called to do. You know, at Heritage of Faith, just what we're called to do is simple. Why we exist? There's hurting people outside these walls, love them for me. That's why we exist. What are we called to do? To make winners in life. How are we going to accomplish? Experience God, equip people with the word, and engage people to influence the world around them. And then who are we? I ministered this. In the anniversary service. Who are we? We are a house of faith. We are a house of prayer. We are a place of glory. And we are a people of influence. Simple. And so just seeking that. What are, so Lord, what, what needs to become priority? 
And he said, I want you to just go back to the book of Acts, first six chapters. And what was the book of Acts based on? Acts chapter 242. It said, they continued in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayer. And so the adjustments that we're making as we step into 2020, and what we've heard from God on, is, is that we know if corporate prayer is going to be a priority, there's some things that we need to push to the side. Not that they're bad things, or not that people aren't being ministered to. So the thing that's on our heart, and the Lord instructed us, is, is as of the first of the year, we are not doing men's or women's ministry in the way that we've done it. So there's no more monthly meetings for men's and women's ministry. Now, we'll do a couple events a year. We'll do a retreat. We'll do, we'll do some things like that you know, through the year to connect. But what we're, what we're going to focus on is our Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. Wednesday night, the first 40 minutes is going to be corporate prayer. Then we're going to have a 30-minute a, a 30, 30 faith-building message. And then, then the, so, so Sundays, Wednesdays. Thrive groups, thrive groups, small groups, discipleship. Great discipleship happens in thrive groups. And the fourth thing is outreach. Simple. Simple. We love men's and women's ministry. We love doing men's and women's ministry. But as a priority, because what we found is the same people that are going to men's and women's ministry are the same people going to Thrive Groups and the same people going on Wednesday nights. So, so the thing is, is we're only getting about 10% of the church on a given, on given not that it's about the numbers, but we, what's a priority for you, God, as we step into 2020? And so sun, Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, corporate prayer and word, Thrive Groups and outreach. Man, we had some amazing outreaches this year. We had 997 salvations in our outreaches this past year. Amen. We're going to reach 1,000 before the end of the year. Amen. And so, so this is what the Lord's instructed us to do to fo- to, 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 as focuses because, because it's, it's about Him. It's simplifying things. So we can, we can make room... For what God wants to do. Because if you have all these things that we have to do in a course of a month. and a, What if God just shows up and wants to do, do, do extended meetings for, for the next six months every night. Like he did at Pensacola. Or, or did, it, did, did, in, did great moves of God. But yet we have all these things that we have to do. I believe the Lord is positioning us for the greatest out move this community has ever seen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Do you receive this word today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.